Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. Genesis chapter 9, and begin with verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. This I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant which I made between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the clouds that it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And may God richly bless his word this morning. You may be seated. Covenant and promises this morning. We have a covenant according to the word of God. In his word, as I just read to you, that it was established between God and all mankind, after the flood because of the wickedness of the hearts of the people. And God said he repented himself that he would even make man because the heart continually was evil. You see, this is what sin does to the heart that opens the door to it. There's only two forces in this world. There is the force of God, and there is the force of Satan. There is no in between. There is a battle that rages continually without ceasing. And that battle is for the immortal soul of every human being that has been born from the time of Adam and Eve. Because of Adam and Eve's disobedience unto God, it calls that word S-I-N. If you look at that word S-I-N, in the middle of that word is I. And it is I that always gets us into trouble. It is always I that we want to do what we want to do and not what the word of God has instructed us to do in our lives. I find because of the covenant that God has made with Noah and his wife, and his three sons, and their wives, the eight people that was left out of the flood. You would say, oh, you really believe that happened? Yes, I do really believe that the flood, according to this word, actually happened. Because you see, I am just foolish enough, for Christ's sake, to believe what is in this book called the Holy Bible. I believe it from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. It was inspired by man of old 
unctioned by the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God does not make mistakes. When you were born, God did not make a mistake by allowing you to be born. He allowed you to be born to bring him honor, to bring him glory, and to lift his holy name up. That is the whole purpose of man is to bring praise, honor, and glory to the heavenly father because it is the heavenly father that spoke the worlds into existence. It is the heavenly father that said, let there be light, and there was. It was the heavenly father that said, let's separate the firmament between the uh, the heavens that we now see, amen. And he decided to place in place for light of night these things called stars. And if you've ever been out on a beautiful summer night, you see the vastness of the heavens. You see all the stars. Someone said, for every star you see, there's millions that you cannot see. Maybe that is true. But I do know one thing, every star, God created it and put it in perfect orbit, put it in perfect place, and called it by name. Amen. That is the God that we serve because he is more than able to meet the needs in our life each and every day. And when God spared Noah and his family and brought them out, Noah offered sacrifice unto the Lord. And it is the covenant that he looked into the heavens after a great rain or a great flood on this occasion. He said, I'm going to put a rainbow. Now I realize that the world today has distorted what the rainbow represents. The rainbow, according to the word of God, does not represent sin or abomination. Because you see, the rainbow that the people are trying to celebrate today, according to the word of God, he said it is an abomination in his eyes. And everyone that beholds that and everyone lives that and everyone that supports that and holds on to that is going to give an answer to Almighty God. Rest assured what I say to you. I heard someone say, an actor, I think his name was, uh, um, escapes my name now, but he's a famous actor. He said he looked to heaven as a fantasy. Well, I got news for that actor. If he does not change his heart and repent when he says before God, he's going to find out whether heaven is a fantasy or not. And he's going to find out where hell is a fantasy or not. But I have a covenant with the Father today. Amen. I have a covenant with him because of his son Jesus Christ. That covenant has been kept down through the ages and down through the times in the Old Testament, amen, that he has given us according to his holy word. And I stand upon that covenant today. I stand just sure to know that the covenant that I look upon and realize is true. In the book of Joshua, where God gave commandment to Joshua, he said, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. In First Joshua 1 and 3. He said, everywhere you tread your foot. He said, down also in verse 
5, he said, I will not forsake you nor leave you. At verse 6, he said, be strong and of good courage. And verse 7, he said, only be strong and very good courage. He said, do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. You see, the word of God tells me that if I put him first, everywhere I go, I'm going to prosper. Everywhere I place my feet, I'm going to prosper. Amen. Because you see, a good step of a righteous individual is counted unto the Lord. Hallelujah. We are counted today not because of our righteousness according to the word of God. Our righteousness is nothing but as filthy rags in the eyes of God. But again, because of God's covenant and his promises to you and I, we have a heavenly home today. Amen. I don't turn to the right. I don't turn to the left. But I'm going to keep my eyes straight ahead. Hallelujah. The New Testament talks about when a man puts his hand to the plow, don't look back. In other words, when God brings you out of sin and sets your feet upon a righteous path, don't look back to the things of the world and the cares of the world because you cannot plow a straight line by looking back to your own life. I don't look back. I don't worry about my own life because it is under the blood of Jesus Christ. God has given me life today and more abundantly. God has set me free because of his mercy and because of his grace and because of his covenant. Amen. And the promises that he has left me. And not only me also, but also unto you. Hallelujah. We find in the book of Hebrews, we find that in Hebrews 13 and 20, we find in the word of God about the new covenant. If you just give me a moment here, I'll find it. I have it marked somewhere, just trying to find in these pages here sometimes. It's a little difficult and a little hard, but I'll find it Hebrews 13 and 20. Or, uh, the word he says, now, uh, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead and great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We have an everlasting covenant today. It started in the Old Testament and the covenant God made with Noah. Now it's a new tes- a covenant uh, through Jesus Christ. It's a New Testament covenant. But we have a covenant in the old and we have a covenant in the new. And also the promises of the old and also so the promises of the new. They do not waver. They do not diminish. They do not fade away. But they are bright and they are true according to the word of God. Hallelujah. I find in his word how true it is of his promises of Abraham. Amen. That God said that I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He made a covenant with Abraham. He said look out. He said can you count the grains on the sea? Can you create the grains of sand upon the beach. He said, you are going to prosper just like the grains that's on the beach. In other words, without number. The covenant God made with Abraham through his own son Isaac and Jacob. Amen. And down through the times. Amen. There is a covenant that God made to each and every generation from the Old Testament all the way down to Jesus Christ. You see, he kept that covenant alive. He kept it anew and he kept it afresh. Even though he, even though the people of God were tried and lots of times they backslid and lots of times they did contrary through the word of God, but God never left them. God disciplined them for their sin. God, amen, brought salvation. However, he always had a remnant. God will always have a remnant of people that will stand for him. Amen. 
And it is that remnant that God has made a covenant with. God has made a covenant with you today. He has made a covenant with you as long as you abide within him, as you will walk in the word of God, as you will please the heavenly father and walk with him today. The Lord that I speak of today is a fresh and a new each and every day from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name is ought to be praised. He ought to be glorified. He ought to be magnified. But too many people today, amen, want to neglect the things of the Lord. They want to push that aside. They say that God no longer exists. That God is dead. I heard that back in the 60s when I was a young guy growing up. How God is dead. Well, I'm here to tell you God is still alive and well and he's doing real good, amen, hallelujah. Even though the, the enemy rages, and I have found in my short lifespan that I have lived, especially I look just within the past few years how much our nation has changed. And it has not changed for the better either. It has changed away from the Lord. They continue to try to push God out of, out of every aspect of society today. And even they're starting to even label uh, good people, a man that love the Lord, and starting to label different groups uh, as extremists, extremist groups, uh, trying to put them under the, the umbrella that some groups belong under the umbrella in a government like the KKK and a lot of other groups uh, that are evil. But they're trying to put good people, good Christian people, under the same umbrella. Why? They're trying to push them aside and for people to not pay attention or listen to them. You see, there are people that try to oppress the way you live. There are people who try to oppress the way you feel or think or the way you vote or what you think. Anything about your life, if it stands for this right here, if it stands for the word of God, if you stand up and say, I am a born again believer, you got a target on your back. Believe me, you got a target on your back. But I'm here to say today, as Paul said, for I am persuaded, nor height, nor death, amen, nor angel, nor any principality, nothing is going to persuade me about serving God. I have made my mind up when I went to that altar in 1974 and gave my heart to God. I made up my mind. I was persuaded that God is real, his word is real, heaven is real, everything of his promises in here is real, and they are all mine. Amen. From divine healing, and I can't tell you how many times God has healed this body. I can't tell you how many times that my life been clutched out of the enemy's snare of trying to take my life in many instances and in many ways from the operating table to behind the wheel of an automobile and even try to take my family out a number of times, amen. I'm here to tell you that there is a hedge that can be built around about you as a child of God that I believe that there are angels in a camp around about us. I believe that we all have that angel that watches over us, amen, and walks with us. There was times I've come back from camp meeting, I remember as a kid's in the back seat and I was driving late at night and God spoke to my heart. He told me and I was, I was not speeding, by the way. Some preachers like to speed. I'm not one of them. I try to stay within the law as best as I can. 
I wasn't speeding, but I was going down the road on the interstate. And there was this construction. And there was these ramps. And it late at night, and these lights are flashing. And people were flying by. And God spoke to me. He said, slow down now, son. Slow down, slow down. And I said, well, Lord, okay. And I backed off. And no sooner I backed off, there went a car flying off the ramp right in front of me. If I would have been going that speed, he'd have T-boned me. You see, God's protecting hand in many ways watch over us, amen, and moves upon us to do certain things. I can't tell you how many times God spoke to my heart about doing this and doing that to protect me. And when I went many times under the love, I said, God, I'm ready. But if it be your divine will, I'll stay here just a little while longer. And God, through his mercy and grace, has seen to it, amen. I don't know when my time is coming. But when it comes, I want to be ready. Hallelujah. I want my heart to be pure. I, want, I don't want anything between me and God to stand in my way to make heaven my home. Hallelujah. I believe with all my heart this morning, amen, that I have a hell to shut and a heaven to gain today. Amen. And through the mercy and the grace of God, I'm going to make heaven my home. I'm going to stand on the promise. He said he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. We all go through hard times. Our families go through hard times. My family now off and on this past several months has been going through hard times. Amen. My wife has been struggling and going through hard times. But I still believe that God I serve is more than able to heal her body and touch her. And right now the way my daughter feels after operation, the pain she's feeling I know that God is able to remove that pain. I pray for her this morning before I left the house over the phone. I pray that the Lord would touch her body and give her strength and touch her and give her peace of mind and comfort her. I believe this morning that God is it, it can reach down Thank you, Pastor. Praise But oh, there we go. This was just the opposite of the other one. Ah, see, you got to be smarter than the microphone. That goes to show you. Grace of God, I don't know how long I made it this far. You see? When Jacob was serious with God, he kind of fooled around with God all night. God said, let me go. No, no. No, let me go. No, no. 
And finally, Jacob really got a hold of the Lord. He says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Well, the Lord gave him a sign that touched him in a way that many probably wouldn't want to be touched, but he dislocated his hip. He had a touch from God. What was that touch about? It was a memorial unto Jacob that he was touched by the hand of God. It was a sign to all that watched Jacob in his life that people knew that Jacob was with God and God was with Jacob and God touched his life. And from that moment on, Jacob was never the same. Is it so with you and I? Now, God didn't have to dislocate my hip, but he changed my life in such a way that behold, the all things pass away, all things became new. I became a new creature in Christ. I had a divine, a new purpose in life. So many people walk around and say, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. You're here because you're ordained of the Lord. But it's up to you what you are going to do with your life. And the purpose that God has given you. You say, well, pastor, I don't know the purpose yet. You give your heart to the Lord, God will lead you in the purpose that you were designed for. Think about that. So one prophesied over me when I was 16 years old in a beauty shop of all places. A woman I never saw before in my life, never saw after that. She took one look at me, she said, you're going to be a preacher. I took everything I had within me to keep from laughing. Because at that stage of my life, I was sure not thinking about being a preacher. I think a lot of things, but none of them was good. If you understand what I'm saying. I just kind of shrugged it off and said, yeah, yes, ma'am. Being polite, you know, being a southern boy, you be polite. You be a gentleman. You know, don't, she was my elder as well. I said, yes, ma'am, thank you. Went on about my business. You never know who God is going to put you in front of at a particular time in your life. You never know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. You may leave here and say, well, I don't believe none of that, what that preacher said. That's okay. You go on. You can feel that way. You can think that way. But that doesn't mean that it's going to end that way. Because when that lady told me that, I just kind of, woo, okay. You know. And afterwards, I, I, I had a chuckle to myself. I just, I, yeah, right. Well, I guess that lady was right because I'm standing here and I'm preaching the word. Amen. So you see, you never know what God has in store for you in your life. But I have learned since then how to be patient and try to wait upon the Lord. Not, not, not get ahead of the Lord and not drag either, but try to stay up with the Lord, so to speak. Amen. Be where God wants me to be no matter what the situation may be in my life. I want to be prepared. He said, be in season and out of season. Be ready. 
always give an account. Hallelujah. So I will always want to be in season, out of whatever. I want to be ready for what God ever has for my life. Be ready, church, because I don't know yet what God has in store to the fullness of this church. But I do have an idea. And if the Lord tarries, I may not see it, you may not see it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. How many of those has gone on before us in the Lord? That was in the other church. Would ever think we would be in a church like this today? Well, those who went on be with the Lord, pray and believing that God will make a way and open the door that we can have a better facility or a larger facility or a nicer facility. They didn't see it come to fruition, but that doesn't mean it didn't come because it did come. We're here this morning. Amen. We're here this morning because those that worked and labored and prayed and gave to the Lord in their tithes and being obedient and being what God called them to be in the Lord, amen, and they worked and they labored and they applied themselves the best to their abilities. And God, in his time, has honored that. God has honored that because God has seen and saw to it, I should say, that certain people has come our way in our lives to get where we were to where we are now. And the Lord tarries, and I move on, and you move on, the Lord's going to keep keeping on. Amen. It's going to continue. That's why we need our young people. That's why we need to pray for our young people. That's why we need to hold the covenant up and the promises of God for our young people. That God will build a hedge around about them in the filth that they have to put on with every single day, starting with their schools. When I was a boy growing up, we said the pledge to the flag every morning. When I was growing up, the teacher got the Bible and read scripture to us. Yeah, and it was a public school. It prayed over us. And even sent me down the lower bottom to get a well and switch and, and, and whip me for misbehaving in school. Me? Little old me misbehaving in school? Nah. But Miss Griffin told me to go down there and get a nice wall switch. I was disobedient. I got a little one. She wore that one out on me, told me to go get a bigger one. I would have got the biggest one I could find. I don't know if that was good or bad, but she did her thing, and I sat down, and I felt it for the rest of the day and the next day, too. But those were the days that they were taught reading and writing and arithmetic. They were being taught, not indoctrinated. The stuff that's going on today, like, well, Jane has two mommies, and Joe has two daddies, and... If you feel like a boy today, fine. If you don't, that's okay too. If you want to go into that bathroom, the girls' bathroom, you feel free to do so or whatever. 
That is not being taught. That's been indoctrination. It does not line up with the word of God. Amen. What lines up with the word of God is what's in here. That man is a man and woman is a woman. And you have certain chromosomes. And you're either male or female. And I realize, you know, you can argue about, well, there's mistakes or, uh, uh, you know, handicaps and things. We, uh, I understand that. But basically, you still have the same chromosomes. You still, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or anyone else. You see, the word of God is still the word of God. There's a covenant that God has given us in his word. And it still stands true. No matter what the world may say, and no matter what the education system may say that has failed our kids so badly, there's coming a day that every man and woman is going to stand before God and give an account. There's no one that's going to escape death. There's no one that's going to escape standing before the Lord God himself and say either well done thy good and faithful servant because you've been faithful over a few things I'm going to make you ruler over many. I'm going to reward you. Or you're going to say depart from me you worker of iniquity. I know you not. One of the two. Amen. But I have a covenant today with the word of God knowing that God should supply me all my needs according to his riches and glory and with what that may need. If I need a spiritual touch in my being if I get down to pray God will satisfy my soul. If I have a financial need, I can lay before the Lord and say, God, this is my financial need. And if I've been obedient to the Lord the best of my ability, if I've honored the Lord with my substance, I have every right to approach the throne of grace and say, Father, I have a need. And God will supply that need. God has always supplied my need. And believe it or not, there are times in my life, God also supplied my wants. You see, when we get into the spiritual realm of our soul lining up with this, there is a fellowship, a continued fellowship. It is a lifestyle. It's just not for Sunday mornings, but it's for Monday mornings, or Tuesday morning, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I tell people being retired is a, is a great thing. I have six Saturdays and a Sunday. I like my retirement. Kids call me, well, Dad, how's your second Saturday going or your third Saturday or your fifth Saturday going? I said, great. See, Sunday is different. Sunday is always different because it's a special time and a special that I come into the house of the Lord, honoring the Lord, worshiping the Lord, praising God. I, I'm not saying I don't do it Monday through Saturday, I do, but Sunday is set aside that we can assemble ourselves together as a body of believers. That we can hear the word of God under the Holy Spirit. It can be food for our soul that our life can be better. Our spirit can be better. We can serve the Lord better. 
We can be the child of God and God wants us to be better. And we can love one another better. We can be more understanding better. We can be more compassionate better. We can be better human beings better. We can be everything that God wants us to be each and every moment of each and every day. God wants that continued fellowship day in and day out. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, his name is to be praised and honored and glorified. We give God praise and honor and glory for who he is because he is worthy of it all. You don't have the power and the authority and the control over your next breath. No human being has control over the next breath they take. Only God has that right because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He spoke the world into existence. He formed man out of the dust of the earth, and the word of God said he breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. We belong to God. We always have and always will belong to the Lord God Almighty himself each and every day that we walk before him. God in Deuteronomy told the Israelites, he says, if you will obey me, I will promise you these promises that your livestock will flourish, your crops will flourish, your health will flourish, you'll have safety, I will protect you. I will supply me all your needs. You won't have want of anything. I will bless you continually. These were the promises in the book of Deuteronomy that God gave to his people. That was part of the covenant of God. And that covenant still remains. I'm not saying you're not going to be buffeted by the enemy of your soul. We are. Sometimes we're buffeted in our spirit. Sometimes we're buffeted in our mind. Sometimes we're buffeted in our physical bodies. But that does not mean that God cannot or will not hear your cry when you cry out to him and whatever that need may be. For never seen the righteous forsaken. Never, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I love that scripture because so many times I've laid before the Lord and said, God, I have this need, or God, I have that need, or whatever need may be where it's food upon the table, or this bill to be paid, or that bill to be paid, or God, I don't have the money right now, but I believe in prayer, and I'll lay my hands on that refrigerator. You're going to heal that refrigerator. I've done that before. Or the transmission went out of a car on, on, on 680 going to camp meeting. Well, I said, what are you going to do? I said, you watch. I got out of that old Chevy, put it in park, went up, laid my hands on the front of that hood of that car, and I said, in the name of Jesus, Father, you're the great mechanic. 
You do the operation right now. You take the tools you need and you fix that transmission in the name of Jesus. I believe in your Father God for divine intervention for that transmission. And I got back in that car and I put it in drive and drove on. I kept that car for about three more years and I sold it to Jody Mercer. He drove it, I don't know how many more years after that. I know the God that I serve. When you don't have the finances, you have every right, I guess you can say, in one sense, approaching the throne of grace and laying hands on things. I remember when my youngest one so, had such an ear infection. And I prayed for her, and I was just about ready to take her to the doctor. She said, oh, Daddy, pray for me one more time. I know God will heal me. And I prayed for her one more time. And like that, she just snapped right out of it. And she said, Daddy, I'm hungry. God touched her and healed her just like that. She didn't have any more ear problems after that either. I know what God is able to do when you're between a rock and a hard place. You want to provide for your family, but humanly it's impossible because the bank account is just not there. That there are needs that you have need of, whether it's a physical touch in your child body, your body, or your automobile, or some other appliance, or whatever it may be. Or God will make a way. God will see that someone come your way. God will help you, whatever it may be. I know what the Lord is able to supply and meet and do. Sometimes you may have to wait and be a little patient. Amen. I remember when I needed an automobile real bad. I said, Lord, I, could, I just didn't have the finances. Well, a lady that my mother-in-law worked for years ago was a wealthy lady. And her son came to me, and she, he said, I had my mom's car out there. That was that 73 Oldsmobile Vesta Cruiser wagon. Right, brand new. It was about eight, nine years old. Only had about 12,000 miles on it. He said, I'm going to give that car to you. And right on, right on the title, it said gift. I drove it as much as I could drive it to it, rotted out, and Valerie tore the transmission out of it and it hit the side of the house with it and everything else. But the car... <laughs> The car lasted for as long as I needed. Amen. You see, trust the Lord all things within your life. You have a covenant with God. God will do his part. God will keep his covenant. God will keep his promise. God has never broken his covenant. He never will. And he has never broken a promise. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one word of mine will ever perish or go to waste. It will never, ever, ever perish or go to waste. I can literally stand on the word of God this morning and know everything in there is true and knowing that the God I serve will meet our needs. And he will also not only meet our needs in this life, but the most important thing, the most important thing, the very most important thing, he'll meet our eternal needs 
For in him we have eternal life. For in him we will never die. For in him we will never perish. For in him we shall live throughout all eternity. Schwarzenegger, I knew his, his name come to my mind. I have a good memory, just short. Schwarzenegger made that comment that he felt that heaven was a fantasy. I got news from Mr. Schwarzenegger. Heaven is not a fantasy. I've tasted heaven more than once. I've been in the presence of the Lord more than once. I've sat into heavenly places with Christ Jesus as Paul did more than once. I know what what it's like to see the Shekinah glory of God in his house as a boy of seven years old. I saw with my eyes the Shekinah glory in God's house. And God told me, this is my glory. Remember it. I still remember it just as it happened yesterday. And that's been a long time. That always stuck with me. That never left me. Even when I wasn't serving God, God would remind me now and then. You see, God is a good God. He's a merciful God. I'm going to shut up here in a minute. Thank you for your patience. But I just wanted to bring out of his blessings, his unfailing, his everlasting life. That we can have deliverance, we can have better days, we can have comfort of God's presence, and that all things do work for the believers. Sufficiency and grace, unlimited blessings, answers to our prayer, removing obstacles in our life, spiritual life, spiritual fullness, power for service. All of these things God has blessed and given us. So let us be most gracious today. If you will stand with me. There's anyone here this morning on the sound of my voice don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Very simple. All you have to do is say, God, I'm a sinner. I recognize I am. There's nothing I could do to save myself. But you have given me your son. And through your son, I can have life and I can have it more abundantly. Father, right now, I'm asking forgiveness of all my sins. I'm accepting Christ into my life as the Lord and Savior of my life. Turn my life over to you and I'm going to walk with you for the rest of the days of my life. you'll find no better satisfaction than turning your life over to the Lord and being and walking with him and letting him love on you and help you in your life. Anyone needs prayer this morning, we'll be glad to pray for you. Before we dismiss, the altar is always open. If come up and pray. You want prayer, we'll be
more than glad to pray for you. I never want to end a service without giving the opportunity of prayer, anointing, praying over someone come to the altar seeking God, whatever. This is God's house and this is God's time and God's day for you just to be open unto him knowing that he loves you, he cares for you. He wants to supply and meet all your needs. He wants to touch you and walk with you every day of your life. God is a good God. So many people try to make him out as something horrible. Of course, that's the way the world is. The world itself is horrible. But the God I serve is a God that is loving, caring, compassionate, gracious, understanding. And man, does he ever forgive you when you mess up. How many has ever messed up? If you don't raise your hand, you need to come up to this altar. We all have because we're human. We've all made mistakes. We're all saying those things in our life. You know, Bible talks about the little foxes in our life and spoils the vine, like bitterness, hatred, malice, jealousy, whatever, envy. All these little things sometimes get in our being because we're human. We have to say, God, you know, sometimes I even get frustrated at my wife, believe it or not, sometimes. I'm sure she does with me. Sometimes I get a little aggravated, and sometimes I say, oh, God, I should have kept my big mouth shut. Then I have to repent first and go apologize, then go get flowers, then apologize again and apologize again. <laughs> but we're all human, and we all make mistakes. Amen. But the God that we serve is a loving, caring God, church. I'll pray that you'll have a blessed week. I pray that God will be real good to you. I know one thing, God will be better to me than to you. No, I'm just kidding. God is no respecter of person. He loves all of you. He even loves the pastor back there. <laughs> and I appreciate the pastor coming in on his vacation. I guess we'll have to pay him double time. Thank you so much, Pastor. Let's bow our heads and word of dismissal. Our gracious Father, we're so thankful, God, Lord, for this day, for your goodness and your mercy. I pray, God, you watch over and keep us the remainder of this day and the rest of the week and each and every day, God, that you supply and meet our needs. As you go with us, watch over in our families. I pray, God, for our children, our grandchildren, God, and great-grandchildren. I pray, God, for their souls. I pray, God, for their safety. I pray, God, you'll meet all their needs. I pray, Father and Lord, this coming week we be a blessing to someone. We may have the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. That we may be able to help someone and do something good to brighten someone's day. Help us, Father God, to see the good in people. Help us, Father, I pray. Bless this church. Bless our pastor and his family. Bless all of the congregation, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Watch over those, God, that's away from home and be traveling back sometime this week or whenever. Give them travel, mercy, and grace, I pray. 
We thank you, God, for all your loving kindness, your goodness, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Shake hands. Be friendly.